Alrighty, people, welcome back. Hope you're doing well this fine second week or third week of January. There's a guy called Mitch Lawler. Dad, maybe you can explain a little bit of who Mitch Lawler is later once I give people the explanation, but he works for Motley Fool, and he did an article yep. basically explaining his decision-making because he, he recently bought a house uh, and yep. chose to, instead of... um. A friend of his, like he says in the article, asked if he had sold off all of his stock uh, shares that he owns in on the ASX, the Australian Stock Exchange, to put into his offset account once he he settled on his loan. And his answer was no. And he explains why he has left his share portfolio as it is, rather than selling okay. it off to put in his offset account. So he's he's going to do yeah. some. Uh, breakdowns here. So over the last 30 years, the ASX shares have returned an average of 9.2% per annum. And he lays out the example he uses for why he does what he does. It's a hypothetical exercise. Mm -hmm. So assuming his mortgage rate is 6.1% per year, and the ASX return is 9.2% per year, if he placed 50k in his offset account, um, by cashing out his shares, he'd save $807,000 over 30 years in interest payments by sitting that 50 grand in the offset. But that same amount of 50K kept in the ASX 200 ETF could return $2.39 million before fees and any capital gains taxes you might have to pay when you sell those shares off as well. So just sort yeah. of comparing that that, that little that little difference between 9.2 and 6.1% could spell out a, a pretty good profit difference when it comes mm -hmm. to keeping that money in shares. And he caveats to mention that he mentions too, offset accounts are still a great tool and maybe you can explain why offsets are, are good because they obviously help reduce your interest repayments. And with the stock market, obviously, there's no real guarantees for stock market returns. You can just draw uh, conclusions, I guess, based on what the average return is historically. Um, but yeah, I just wondered if you want to chat about Mitch, why mm. offsets are yeah. good, and may, but maybe why I, I think sometimes it's important to, to mention that uh, offset accounts aren't the be-all and end-all, if you're happy to chat about that. Yeah. Yeah, cool. So Mitch is a client and yeah, he and his partner bought a house late last year. So I suppose the key thing is if you've got cash, make sure it's doing something. Um, yeah, if, you, if you're just sitting it in your bank, like a normal bank account, you're probably earning less than 1%. And so if you've got 50 grand, 1% um, will earn you 500 bucks. And if you're on the say a 30 or 40 percent tax rate you're going to pay tax of you know maybe 200 bucks a year so right. if you've got cash make sure it's doing something now if you've got a loan a good place for your funds is in an offset account with that thing of the 6.1 percent if you've got 50k sitting in offset um you're saving just say your loan's 400 grand and you've got 50 grand in offset you're being charged interest on 350. So the 50 grand in offset offsets your loan. And so if you're making repayments as if your loan was 400,000, your more of your repayment is going towards the principal um, because the interest is lower, which helps you reduce the amount you owe the bank quicker, which means, you know, as, as the the uh, the amount of interest the bank charges reduces more is going towards principal so you pay so you're paying that down now as mitch says in his article stock market returns are not guaranteed so you know you we've had gfcs and we've had pandemics and we've had stock market crashes before 
So, yeah, as long as, but yeah, over time, yeah, in, in Australia, 11, I think it's 11% now, 10.5% of the nation's wages get deducted and put in a super. Now, you could look at um, the stock market as probably just the biggest Ponzi scheme going around because it's just money going in there all the time that's got to go somewhere. And financial planners and stock market analysis and investment experts have to invest that money somewhere. So whether it's in um, like Bitcoin or whether it's in you know, top 100 companies or whether it's in speculative investments, uh, it's, it's up to your risk profile and you know, where you want to put your money. But, yeah, the, the main thing is, yeah, the stock market's not guaranteed, but the amount of money you'll save by putting in your money in the offset is guaranteed because um, it's just going to reduce the amount of interest that you're going to pay over the course of time. So, yeah, just get financial advice from a, from a, you know, a financial advisor on where the best place is to put your money. The good thing with offsets is, you know, while the money's there, it's your money. So, you know, if you pay, if you have a loan of 400 and, you know, 50 grand and you just pay it off the loan, the loan your loan reduces to 350. If you want that 50 grand back, you'll have to apply for it. Whereas if the money's an offset, the money's yours and you can take it whenever you want. So, you know, if the car blows up, hot water system goes, you decide you want to go on a European river cruise and you need 20 grand, you can just grab that money and get it straight out. So, but yeah, but as I said, yeah, just make sure you're getting, getting advice and not sort of just listening to us because um, we're not licensed to give advice. Another one I was going to chat about. So the Australian Bureau of Statistics, they release monthly lending indicator data, tell people what changes in loan activity are going on month to month, as well as comparing to this time a year ago. So the value of new owner-occupier loan commitments, so that's people getting loans um, to move into a house to live in for themselves, not to run as an investment property. The value Mm -hmm. for that rose 10.1% through the year. Um, to November yep. 2023, the number of commitments increased by 7.3% over the year. The value of owner-occupier loan commitments in value are uh, it rose to 17.9 billion is the is the figure. And investor housing value, so the value of loans for people trying to get loans for investment rose 1.9% to 9.7 billion. Uh, in the over the month yep, and yep. was 18% higher year on year. The biggest one I like, Dave, mm-hmm. the external refinancing figures. So from October to November, external refinancing rose 0.7% to a total value of $17.5 billion. But compared to last year, this figure was 11.9% lower. So I'm assuming like yes. the reason there's such a bit, like it, it's just under 12% lower refinancing mm-hmm. figures than last year. I'm assuming some of that was because people last year probably were a lot more um were rushing a lot more to try and like get get their houses refinanced while rates were moving upwards mm-hmm. than maybe they were yeah. towards the end of 2023. Yeah, I suppose with re- yeah, with refinancing there was a lot of activity in 2022-2023. So a lot of the people who wanted to refinance did. A couple of other things happened. There was like cashbacks around. So, you know, lenders had cashbacks to sort of encourage people to move because, you know, banks realised that the best customers are those people normally that already have a loan. 
because they have good equity in a property and they also have a you know payment history that you know, a lender can track. One of the other reasons refinancing is down is because rates are higher, um, some people can't refinance. They're what we call mortgage prisoners. You know, they're stuck in a loan and, um, yeah, they can't get out because they can't service it because, you know, borrowing capacity has dropped 30 to 40% for most people since, you know, 2020. So, but one of the interesting things about that, their lending indicator, when owner-occupiers buy property, prices generally go up because owner-occupiers buy emotionally. So they will go into a house. If if there's an owner-occupier and an investor going for a property, generally the owner-occupier, if they've got the budget, will end up getting the property because they, they're looking at it as an emotional thing and sometimes the financial um, smarts of the transaction goes out the window. So, yeah, that, that's that's a, a sort of sign, I think, that property prices, um, yeah, no one knows what's going to happen with property prices. Um, in, you know, we've had 13 interest rate rises and generally prices have gone up 8 to 9%. In some areas, they've gone up 20 to 30%. Other areas, they've gone up 0% to 1%. Some areas, they've gone backwards. But um, yeah, if you're buying a place to live in, most people stay in their houses 20 years now. So if you're paying five, 600 grand for a property now, it seems like a lot of money, and it is. But in 20 to 30 years' time, you'll probably wish you'd bought two of them because that's what happens now. People, People my age, we look at what we paid for houses and... It just seems minuscule now compared to what you're paying now. And in the you know, at the time, our incomes were a lot lower and our borrowing capacity was a lot lower and banks were probably a bit harder to deal with and there was less options. But um, so, yeah, look, yeah, the lend- lending indicators, they go up and down. But as I said, when generally, you know, if you're buying in an area where there's lots of owner-occupiers, um, that's generally where the growth is because, um, yeah, people buy for different reasons. If, if it's an investor buying, it's very much on, you know, what's the rent, what's the yield, what's the cost. And, um, yeah, we'll talk about some of those things a little bit a little bit later. Yeah. Um, can I go through one of yours, Dad, about inflation? The CPI figures came out with a little bit of a breakdown of what, what uh, parts of the basket of goods in the CPI have dropped. So inflation uh-huh. for the two for the the year to November last year, which is the most recent data we have for inflation, um, inflation fell to its lowest rate in almost two years for November. Annually, it fell to 4.3%, down from 4.9% in October. It was much lower, or it was a point point one of a percent lower than what economists were predicting, which was 4.4%. Clothing and footwear fell by 0.9%. Household furnishing prices dropped 0.3%. Lamb prices dropped for uh, minus 15%, beef down 4%, vegetables down 0.2%, and petrol prices in that month fell 0.5%. I feel like there's been things in the news talking about possible spikes in or in petrol prices again, but I don't know if we've seen that yet, especially out in Dubbo, mm-hmm. thank God. I've been enjoying $1.70 per litre, Dave. It's fucking glorious out yep. here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But... You want to talk about that one a little, and then we'll move through. Yeah, 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 yeah. So look, inflation's trending down, um, which is good. Yeah, you know, the most most economists were pretty happy with it, and they're sort of thinking that the RBA might leave rates on hold for longer than expected. You know, some are saying rates might go up another 
another time this year, but um, before the RBA meets in February, um, I think the December quarter inflation figure comes out. So, you know, if it's sort of within, if it's trending down, you know, I think there's going to be, um, you know, rates on hold. You know, a lot of the banks um, are suggesting rates will drop from later this year. Some are suggesting around September, but, um, yeah, we just don't know. But it's, it's a good trend. Um, yeah, petrol price is a bit weird. Like in Brisbane where I am at the moment, um, we were just driving past some petrol stations yesterday out near Redcliffe, and in the space of one kilometre, the difference in petrol price um, between two service stations was 50 cents a litre. There was some at $1.70 and the other one was a two twenty. So that's really weird. But anyway, yeah, so with, with fuel, like you know, you can't you can't walk everywhere. So most most people have a car or cars. So that petrol spy app demo that you've mentioned quite a few times is good to, you know, for people to check um and you know, buying on earlier in the week rather than around paydays and weekends is usually a smarter move as well. Yeah, there's a couple more, right? Did you want to chat about the obviously like every time every time any like inflationary figures come out or any like in economic news, you'll have economists from the big four banks, ANZ's Commonwealth Bank, NAB and Westpac letting you know what to, when they think interest rates might drop and what that might mean for the economy. So there's a couple of those if you want to go through those. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, so um, yeah, the, the thing with with the banks, um, you know, they're putting out their forecasts of when they think interest rate, you know, when interest rates are going to go down. Yeah. Um, ANZ, ANZ are saying they think um, it's around March of next year, twenty twenty five. Combank are saying September this year, NAB late this year, and Westpac late this year. So you know, three out of the four big four banks are suggesting interest rates might go down towards the end of this year, which is um. Yeah, it's with all this stuff. It's <clears throat> it's crystal ball. You don't know what's going to happen at the moment. We've got some, um, you know, some things happening overseas that could impact inflation here. There's, um, I was reading some stuff about the um, what's going on with shipping overseas and um, cargo ships being detained and pirates and all this sort of stuff. And they're talking about. Um, having to redirect shipping, which will add ten to twelve days to um, you know, get goods from A to B compared to what it might normally be, which will put up our costs. But then on the flip side, the insurance cost of shipping is going up. So yeah, you know, those those costs you know generally make their way through to to consumers. Um, yeah, we've got a big port strike in down in Melbourne at the moment. So, you know, that, that could impact. Um, yeah, I think there's something like three, either half or three quarters of the world's democracies have elections this year. There's elections in the US and um, in you know, lots of other countries. So who knows what's going to happen. But, um, yeah, hopefully the economists are right. And, you know, it's, it's all crystal ball stuff. So who knows? Yeah. Well, look, there's not much I can do about, elections in the world or bloody whether or not um the houthis or whoever it is yeah like a a bloody shooting on ships and trying to kill people and all that nonsense so we'll talk maybe we can just talk about some ways to save some money if you're if you're trying to be smarter with your money that you already have rather than worrying about you know earning more so um 
for sure, yeah. But I suppose the thing is the the general agreement is that the that the trajectory of interest rates is going down. So that's 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 good. Um, yeah, there was a thing from Yahoo News which I thought was pretty cool where they talk about six simple ways to save dough. Um, turning your appliances off at the PowerPoint, they reckon can save um, two hundred and forty bucks a year. You know, printers. Um, those sorts of things, you know, microwaves, you know, things that you're not using all the time. Yeah. Um, yeah. Looking at your, your health insurance, um, like using the um, the free website comparison apps to see whether you can get better deals on your health insurance. Yeah, use washing. You know, washing in if you if you're on your if your power is on peak and off peak, doing it during your off peak times. Um, doing full loads rather than half, using cold water rather than um, rather than hot, and you know, having you know one of the things I like when I go shopping quite often the laundry liquid we buy is on special half price. I get a couple of them when they're half price because you know you can you can um, save money on that. Uh, Soda stream you know, can save you some money on 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 drinks and that sort of stuff. Coffee machines. Um, I know people go, you know, how much how much do people spend on coffee? But for coffee, a lot of people for one of the reasons, well, a lot of people don't drink coffee because they like the taste of coffee. They drink they drink it because it's what the benefit they get from it. So, like I know myself, like I have coffee most mornings at the beach, and it's it's more about hanging around chatting to people than it is about having the coffee. Like sometimes someone will say, gee, the coffee's not good today. I couldn't tell you whether it's good or bad because I'm not there for the coffee. I'm there for the chat and the the camaraderie and that sort of thing. So, you know, for some things you do, you know, you don't become a hermit and just sit at home counting the money you're going to save. You'll end up end up like Ebenezer Scrooge out of um, the Dickens stuff. But, um, yeah, so, you know, you've got to enjoy your life. Um, look at your energy provider. Just make sure you're on the best deals. Um, I know the one you got on to last year, Domo, saved you quite a bit per quarter. And uh, if you go shop and shop with a list, you know, um, look for the specials, um, you know, load up when things are on special. You don't want to hoard stuff. I know, um, um, you know, I know people who, you know, just hoard toilet paper and, you know, different things and that sort of stuff when it's on special. You don't want to go to extremes, but... Yeah, you know, there are there are lots of times when yeah you know, the normal things you will buy are half price. So just you know get a couple of them. Deodorant. I'm I'm glad deodorant's not in the inflation basket because um inflation would be through the roof. It's um gone up a lot in price. As has takeaway coffee. It's gone up probably you know fifty percent in the last year and a half. So yeah, um, coffee. I feel like a coffee I used to get for four dollars fifty is now five dollars fifty or six bucks. Yeah. Or six bucks, yeah, yeah, which is yeah. which is mental. Um, a couple of other things, Damo. <clears throat> there was a there was a, a thing come around about you know forty percent of homeowners intend on selling within five years. You see, <clears throat> you see um, surveys like that, and they're sort of like when they ask surveys about you know are you intending on leaving your partner? Yeah, probably plenty of people would like to leave their partners, but it's just too hard and they couldn't be bothered. So, and it's the same <laughs> with houses. It's the same with houses. Like, are you intending on selling? Oh, whether you intend, sometimes 
tension leads to things, but a lot of the time it doesn't. Like I know in um, when we were working in the UK, um, I've probably told this story before, they, they were trying to sort of upgrade and make sta- make stadiums a bit more like user friendly so you know a lot of the a lot of the clubs and the stadium owners were doing surveys of um <clears throat> you know when <clears throat> most people go to an english football game they either have a couple of pints before and then come into the game and don't drink or they might have a couple of pints and then come in and buy a pint a pint and that's all they have and you know they'll asked all these things about you know if you had this you know, would you be interested in this if it was available? You know, they ask stuff around, you know, Mexican and fish and chips and burgers and all this sort of stuff. So, yeah, a few of the a few of the um the new stadiums that were built, you know, yeah, they had all of these food options, but all people did was just buy a pint of pint because that's just what they do. So, yeah, but there there seems to be a bit. I think <clears throat> I think there'll be more people selling over the over the coming years, and it's mainly going to be people who are, um say over 50 who are downsizing um who are who don't have enough super who you know want a lifestyle change whether that's a sea change or whether that's a tree change so i think there'll be um and that, that's one of the things that the the property analysts and experts you know like your Simon presley's and those guys are saying we've got to we've got to fix up stamp duty because you know if you if you want people to downsize to free up houses for young families and growing families, um, you know, for someone to, if someone's in a million-dollar house and wants to downsize to, say, a million-dollar townhouse or apartment around their area, it's going to cost them 80 grand to do it by the time you sell the property you're in, declutter, stole the house you're going to sell, and then pay stamp to you on a new place. So so that, that was just one of the um, surveys. And the only other thing, Damo, was just something I saw. It was a... I'm not sure which newsletter come through, but it was quite interesting. And it was a study from um, Arizona State University saying that um, most people think that doing tasks in the future is going to be easier for some reason, and that leads to procrastination. And they, they, there's an old saying from Mark Twain that if you eat a live frog first thing in the morning, um, probably nothing worse is going to happen to you that day. So, you know, it's about getting, if you've got a lot, if you've got a list of things to do, um, you say you've got a list of six things to do, most people will do the easy things first. And sometimes it's better doing the hard things first. And we we notice with, with some of the people, we get pre-approved for finance. And our finance pre-approval normally lasts for three months. It's amazing how many people just, get approved, they're in a hurry to get approved and then just do nothing. And whether it's procrastination or they're just scared or whatever, I'm, I'm not too sure. But, um, yeah, just a lot of people do think doing things things in the future is going to be easier or they just put off hard decisions and that sort of thing. And But, yeah, you know, coming back to your point about, you know, you can't control what's happening with wars and shipping and that sort of stuff, there's a lot of things you can control in your environment. Um, how much you spend, how much you save, how much, to a certain extent, how much you earn. You can, um, you know, apply for jobs, get, uh, you know, higher-paying jobs, do overtime, get bonuses by doing extra things, that sort of thing. And, you know, shopping around to try and keep your expenses down. So, but, um, yeah, I just thought that was quite interesting, that one. Yeah. That's it for this week, at least. We'll we'll hear from you all next week, or you'll hear from us, sorry. There's a couple of good podcasts coming out in the next couple of days. Next Monday, you'll hear a conversation from 
between me and a guy called Scott Phillips, who is the chief investment officer at the Motley Fool Australia. Um, we're going to chat about supermarkets and how it's, you know, there's a new inquiry coming out into shopping uh, supermarkets and price gouging. And he thinks that we're, we're barking up the wrong tree and getting mad at the wrong people. Uh, and he wants to, I asked if he'd explain it better because I'm one of those people that thought, oh, fuck Woolworths, this is wrong. They're, they're price gouging, rah, rah, because I see it in the news. And he thinks there might be more to it than that. So we're going to chat to him next week. Um, lady who used to be on a Foxtel show called Location, 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 Veronica Morgan. She'll be back on in a couple of weeks as well. So you'll hear from her soon. Uh, until then, follow us on socials if you want to at Money Saver Home Loans and at no, that's it. Money Saver Home Loans. And uh, we'll talk to you all next time. Have a good week and bye-bye.